swords we handle art to spark souls and charge tolls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to every clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control shows Control issues. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. Use it accordingly. Also, go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. You can also hop on over to Twitter. My Control Issues is the handle and go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for control issues, download and subscribe to it, rate it, view it. AMC, how you doing? Been good, been good. Trying to stay dry and warm. <laughs> but um, yeah, just enjoying enjoying California life, that the LA life. Been getting a lot of uh, as I mentioned, it's been it's been a little damp, it's been a little cold. So I've been enjoying a little bit of ramen lately. Been there it is. There's a spot right next to to work. And lo and behold, the spot that we've been going to is also the spot that I've been going to on this side of town. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was like hilarious. I was like, oh, uh, this place is also Shinsengumi? Oh, okay, because I go to Shinsengumi on my side of town as well. Got, so, a little, got a little bit of home at the office. Yeah, exactly. A little home away from home. Uh, so, yeah, just enjoying that, enjoying the family, taking the kids on walks, trying to you know, trying to close my, my rings. <laughs> yeah. So I've been, I've been, uh, it's, it's good in that because it's been its own motivator in itself. Like it's, it's that, that dopamine rush, like seeing, seeing that completion is just like, uh, I don't know. It just makes you feel well. It's like leveling up in a video game or anything. It's just like yep. the experience isn't fully tangible, but you know, it's there. And so yeah. that's like, that's how it feels when I, when I close that exercise ring. So, um, yeah, just enjoying all that stuff, watching, Actually, I haven't been watching movies. I've been meaning to watch movies, but um, the movie that we wanted to watch isn't on anything that we have. So I can't. The movie I want to watch is was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Same. Um, but, and yeah. I got words about this because I think it's totally asinine that Showtime has a Showtime app and then a Showtime Anytime app. And they have different libraries. It's yeah. stupid. Plus, you have, you have <laughs> access to the Showtime app, but you that movie is not on it. I have Showtime anytime. You got to pay like twenty bucks. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's it's, what on, we, the, that's it's what, on the Showtime app, and you can watch it for free. Yeah. So that's that's what we found out because we went to pretty much if we can't if it's not on any of the streaming apps that we have, we'll usually go to Prime Video because Prime Video will have it available for rent, mm-hmm. and we go on there, and of course, it's only available to buy. And then the other option is get the Showtime app. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We'll just wait it out. So, yeah, because of that, I haven't been watching any movies. Just been watching shows, watching Ms. Marvel. Told you I've been yes. watching Mar- Murderville. I've been watching yes. 
uh was it uh what we do in the shadow so all, all, all great shows just enjoying all of that how about yourself a dub how you been oh man just doing the same trying to stay dry but i still like to feel the rain on my face when it's coming down so you know just just dip just a dip <laughs> then yeah just working you know helping out the family my father had a had a pretty intense surgery so you know just making sure i'm available taking care of the Take care of the fam. Uh, man, insofar as watching things, I mean, just doing that drip feed of My Hero Academia, just watching every new episode every week. I waited a good while, and there was a, a big stockpile of episodes for me when I started watching it, but now I'm back on that week to week. I think there's only a few more episodes left in this season. So it, it's it's gone places. Things Things are really happening. I need you to catch up because it, it's rough just sitting here going crazy in my own mind watching these episodes on repeat. Um, also started Vinland Saga, which I heard good things about. I had a hard time finding it anywhere dubbed, but Netflix has at least season one dubbed. I don't know about season two, but I'm starting it. Loving the story. Never thought I'd get into a, a Norse anime. and I just love how every time you think anime has done everything. It comes out with this other thing. It's like, yeah, we got to animate for that. And it's dope. <laughs> it's it's no end. It's unbelievable. So yeah, catching up on that show, you know, watching all my same old stuff. John Oliver's back. Bill Maher's back. The Circus is back. The Daily Show is in transition since the departure of Trevor Noah. That's how your boy gets all his news. I know that's people probably disapprove of that. You're not getting the real story. You're just yeah. watching comedy. Just it's watching like, the, well, the libtard comedy. Exactly. I'm not trying to be an intellectual on these subjects. I'd just like to know what's going on and be able to find the humor. So, yeah, watching all those. Yeah, just chilling. Uh, I think the last movie I saw was Megan. That was on, I think <laughs> it's on Peacock. Yeah. yeah, it's on Peacock. Yeah, so I watched that and was pleasantly surprised. It it had a great message underpinning the entire experience. I liked the angle they took with with the Megan. Uh, it had excellent casting. Even got your man Ronnie Ching in there, so that was a pleasant surprise. And yeah, just all the like it was. It could have easily been a bad movie and a bad movie experience, but. They made it work, and I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to a sequel. They definitely set that up, so watching out for that. Yeah, just enjoying myself, man. How about uh, gaming, A-Dub? How you, how you been doing on that, on that front? Uh, so on that gaming front, I'm in a cycle where I'm playing Overwatch to get my at least my minimum three wins a day or three wins whenever I decide to play. Like Once I get three wins, it's okay. That's enough. We can turn it off. And then the homies will log in or the e-single will log in. And it's like, all right, let me get a couple more wins. <laughs> it's like, oh, AFC's off. We're going all night. If we, got the, if we got the whole crew, I got to get all that time. I can't bounce on that. Yeah. So, yeah, I max out the battle pass. Got the mythic Kiriko skin. Got it customized. I'm going to start playing Kiriko so I can show it off. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Kirigo will be my next support character. I'm still looking for the right fit. Got Baptiste under control. I know I could bring out Zenyatta and just cause mayhem. Uh, and I think that's about it. 
insofar as comfort. I tried to get into Brigida. Kind of get it. Don't really like it. So let's let's get some Kiriko action. I can heal. I can be offensive. I can be evasive. It'll work out. I'm going to look fresh in my mythic. Doing that, uh, cutting on Gran Turismo 7 whenever I can because I'm checking the the card selection in order to fill out these additional menus that you get after you complete the campaign. And it's just all about collecting cars and a lot of rewards. So right now I got to get what was three Dodge Vipers and I bought one. I have basically no money. I think I have like maybe a couple hundred thousand in my name because I'm just buying cars and <laughs> filling out these cars. But it's cool, man. I'm getting exposed to cars that I normally wouldn't bother with in the game. Uh, I, I bought like a Aston Martin DB11. I bought a Ford GT 2017. And yeah, it's. I bought a Lamborghini of and did not expect to enjoy driving that thing, but that was quite the experience. Like it weighs just enough so you can get a little nasty in the cur- in the corners, but it'll straighten itself out. It's great. Uh been playing that, but I also started a game that I did not expect to enjoy as much as I am right now, and that is the last spell. So I saw uh, I saw somebody posted something or there was an article or something just like, oh the last spell is out. So I was like, fuck it. You know, this looked dope. This is something that I wanted to take a chance on. And I was like, cool, bought it, loaded it up, started the tutorial and was like, all right, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of controls to get used to and just the way things behave or how you access stuff. I think that could be designed a little more intuitively. But other than that, once you get used to it and you start doing what you need to do, the game just flows. So you got the daytime production phase and that's where you get your gold, you get your resources, your workers are rested up, and your heroes replenish their their health and their mana or part of it. And that that's when you get to repair the town, buy things, level up, you know, get your get your rewards, spend your what I'm guessing is persistent currency or getting your persistent upgrades. However, I haven't done more than one run yet, so I don't know if those stick. Or if those are just a per run thing. But I'm unlocking that too. And it just comes together. Like I'm fortifying the walls and, and getting double walls going. And I think I'm on, it looks like in this first area, you have to survive one week. So you have that production phase, then you have the night phase, and that's when the enemies start coming. So you gotta position your heroes. And, you know, preferably where the enemies are coming from and you get a little indicator during the day phase to know where they're coming from so you can plan and set up, you know, your fortifications, set up little barricades and things so it just eats their turns. But, yeah, you get that going. And then it's just tactical turn-based. You're moving your characters around. They eat, Their weapons have different move sets. So, like, the melee weapons have melee, all kinds of skills and attacks. The magic weapons like the books and the wands had the magic attacks and the bows had the range attacks. And there's way more weapon classes. Like I just un I just unlocked pistols and I think axes or something like that. So that's a whole new moveset that's gonna be appearing in my runs, appearing in my shops. 
as rewards. And yeah, you just fend off these waves. Like it, it's turn-based. So the enemies move, and if they're near anything that they can attack, they'll attack it. And then you get your phase where you can move, do all your attacks, try to manage these waves, take all the enemies out, and at best prevent them from penetrating the walls of the city. Because what happens is that causes panic, and panic decreases the rewards you get at the end of the conflict. So you do that day in and day out, just the production phase, buffing everybody up, building everything up, preparing shit. And then night phase, fighting, take them all down. Nobody leaves until everything is dead. So I have one more day, one more day night cycle to play. And then I should break the seal that the mage is working on in the middle of town. So you're trying to protect the mage while it's performing this ritual that takes a dude a week. And I'm almost there. So I'm excited about that. I'll be streaming that. And yeah, man, I think that's about it. You know, other than that, I've been playing the hell out of Mass Effect. It, I feel like a kid again. It feels like it's the first time I played it, even though I know, like, I know how everything operates. So I'm just going through it, running through everything. Oh, bad. I'm already packing just some of the best weapons, some of the best armors. Got stats maxing out. I've almost, I did nothing but side content before I really did any of the, the main missions. So by the time I'm coming back to move the story as it being the only thing I have access to, I'm like almost level 50 and the level cap is 60. So I'm like, I got all this gear. I got money like crazy. It, all my skills, just it's so used to the controls and everything. So upgraded, taking down enemies in the story like it's nothing. So I expect to be done with that pretty soon. Looking forward to getting the Mass Effect 2. That was my favorite one. I haven't played 3, so who knows if that goes above and beyond. But Mass Effect 2 with enhancement 60 frames per second, that gameplay set the dude's legs on fire. Uh, it's going to be a dream country. However, AMC, what have you Oh, yes. Um, a couple games I'll leave off. Overwatch, you pretty much summed it up um, and don't really have much new to say there. Um, so the other two games I've been playing, Kirby, I've been putting a lot of work at Kirby. Kirby's just growing to be a better and better game. Like when I first played it, I was like, yeah, it's about an 8 out of 10. And nice. um, and it was like slightly disrespectful 8 out of 10. I was like, yeah, it's it's, it's a good game. But then, like, as I played it more and more, I'm like, oh, this game is actually, like, really growing on me. Um, mainly through the... So as you play the game, you um, you get, like, um, there are bonus objectives on each level. And as you do each bonus objective, you get these these little dudes called the Waddle Dees. And the Waddle Dees yes. are, like, characters of, of the Kirby world. Um, and so as you unlock them, you send them, or as you save them in the, in the various levels, then you send them back to your hub... And the hub area is like this little village that's like where your your home is. It's your encampment in this new place. And as they get there, they'll then start building new buildings within the hub world. And so I've been I played it enough. Now we're on like around like world, I want to say five or six at this point. So we've been we've been getting all the water D's. And <laughs> with that, it's been opening up new areas. And what's what's fun about that is the different areas of the hub world, like 
like one was just like a merchant shop, but then the other places are like like shops that have mini games within them. So like we opened up a diner and there's a mini game within that where like you're serving the customers. Um, you try to do that and you basically you beat that the hardest difficulty and then you'll get like a bonus like item or whatever, like a bonus reward. Uh, there's a Coliseum in the Coliseum. You had to go fight like waves of enemies after you beat all the waves. You take on Meta Knight, and then after that, you unlock the upgrade to get Meta Knight as an option. Um, there was a, there's a fishing mini game that I unlocked. There was a, of um, course, there's this one that's uh, it's like the tilt, it's like uh, tilt and roll is the game, but it's like it's that board. I don't know if you ever played it like back in the day where it's like that almost like a like a a puzzle in a mm-hmm. sense or like a pathway and you have like the little ball and you're angling it as it's rolling through <laughs> like you're trying to get it to the hole yeah. um like marble madness or something like that but you're just controlling the board as opposed to controlling the ball um and so with that like you're using the um the sensors on the remote and the remote is um the controller you're as you're tilting it you're tilting the board so you're trying to um you go through that and that has different varying levels of difficulty and then once you beat the hardest difficulty you you unlock a reward and yeah they're they're fun they're challenging as you get like to the higher difficulties to the hardest and um they're great they're like a great break um break from you know the 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 main campaign which is just pushing through and beating beating these beasts that have taken over this world um so yeah it's a nice reprieve from that bit of action and the mini games are not just you know they're not filler content filler content <laughs> things they just make the game longer like they're actually like fun and things um and on top of that they have the challenges that i mentioned in the past like so as you beat a level um challenges around the world will open up and then you can do the different challenges and within them like they're based around a specific like kirby hat or maybe like a mouthful like objects like one was like you start off the the challenge with the uh the mouthful car and you're driving the car through the challenge <laughs> and you have to beat it under a certain amount of time um yeah there's like another one you know with all the different hats like the sword hat the, the boomerang hat and uh the bomb hat things like that and yeah they're all great um they're all fun it's something that like as when i started out i was like oh, this is kind of like a kid's game it's very easy but then as you unlock the mini games and the challenges that's where the difficulty comes in um and yeah you get the rewards from that so it's not like it's just something to do without any type of like benefit in the end so yeah really enjoying that really enjoying kirby so highly recommend kirby if you got a nintendo switch kirby the forgotten lands because there's like eight kirby games now i think on the nintendo switch so kirby so forgotten lands. um and then the third I never game, thought Kirby would have taken off like that. I know. I mean, he's uh there's definitely the appeal, um, like aesthetically of the character, but then there's just like, you know, with all the different hats and all the options that you can do with that, like it just adds all these gameplay mechanics that you wouldn't expect from a Kirby game. Um, and throw that in an open world setting, uh yeah, open world-ish setting. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a, it's a good time. Uh yeah, so the third game. The game that I've been playing mostly, that being Marvel Midnight Suns, Suns, Suns. Um, really enjoying that game. That game is awesome. Um, at this point now, I got I got I got your boy Spider-Man on the team, on the squad now. Uh got a feel for that and learning more of the systems, the systems on systems. It's one of those games with the day-night cycle and um very similar to Persona, like you you can only do so many things. So you kind of have to like pick and choose what, how you want to spend each day. Um, and as you do the day, basically how it works is you have time to 
kick it with a homie, build up that friendship. With the friendship, you get the you get um combat bonuses. Um, then you also have so as you do certain missions, you'll unlock these intel caches, and the intel cache will give you intel on like uh, a mission that you need to carry out. But those missions are carried out passively. Um, so you basically you'll select that mission in the in the the world map, and then you have to select a hero to go out and perform that mission. And it takes usually about a day to complete the mission, and then they come back with whatever reward. So then that's that's a part of like the day management. Then on top of that, you also have a a training ground where you can do some sparring, build up combat experience. Um, you also unlock different moves. So one thing I unlock through that is that now, so I have the option to. I'd mentioned previously, you can move a character once per round, and you have one move to move. Uh, like if you want to like move and reposition a character, you can do that once every every turn. Um, and now I have the option that instead of using a move, I can just use that as a knockback ability. So if I feel mm. like, oh, if I see somebody who's in a certain position where I can knock them into, say, like an electrical thing or like, you know, into like you can knock them off the side of a ledge, um, I can use that now as an option. So it's basically like another attack in a way. So um, it, the game continues to open up from that perspective. I'm getting new cards. What's great about that is, uh, so you have your base deck, but uh, characters have cards that you can unlock as you play the game like rare cards i'm sure legendary cards and those have new abilities that you didn't have before so it just gives you more options to your characters than what's given in the uh the base level on top of that you have the you get duplicates you can use those to upgrade your cards to ha add abilities on to stack abilities on top of abilities on a certain card and then um yeah and then just the other thing i'd I, like i want to point out too is just that what's great is the card set are very unique to each character's abilities. So like with Spider-Man, like he has one of his heroic cards is bind, you know, like the web slinging. And um, so like, it's good for that because the bind basically eliminates a character from performing an action in that round. So if you know somebody's about to haul off on one of your dudes that has low health, you bind them real quick with that web fluid and then they can't get a, get an attack off. Um, then there's on top of that, there's like Doctor Strange. He has a lot of um, status effects abilities that he can use with his magic. Um, and then what I love about Captain Marvel is if you use three cards with Captain Marvel, then she gets a card that is that says like you can basically change form, which means you can go into your your uh, Kree binary or whatever form, which is like her powered up form, and it, it gives her double damage and everything. And she gets um uh basically so you every character has hp but then she gets a block uh health bar on top of that and mm -hmm. once you take down that block then she, it knocks her out of that uh powered up ability but she has cards that you get that if you land an attack with that card it builds up your your block health so there's a way to uh sustain that through the match if you line up your deck correctly um i've been playing around with the redraws i've learned that every character has their own special i guess um options or I, I guess special like statuses that they that they have so like one of them is like iron man his thing is that um he can re if he he has the option to redraw any card and if you redraw that card it gets an added effect on top of it as opposed to a new card um i think um dr strange 
his all his abilities build up more heroic points and then um his thing is that as he as you build up more heroic points it ups the damage on his cards so if you build that up like basically just max out your heroic points like i think it's 10 then you're doing like double to triple damage with dr strange and um God every character yeah so every character has like their own unique uh unique effects that they have or whatever or, like character traits that adds like a whole nother dynamic so it's a very in-depth game um and on top of that it has the whole card system and yeah it's it's different from a lot of other tactical games because the the big thing here is that i'm so used to playing a tactical game where tactical turn-based game where you have you know the tiles where you can move you can have a certain amount of moves and you're kind of working your characters around like a chessboard like all right, i can move three forward or i can move three back or three to the side yada yada whereas this one you can move yeah. a character anywhere on the map you can attack from anywhere on the map so it's more about just your positioning to you know either if you want to knock them into something you got to be obviously facing you got to have their back face to that so you have to make sure that you're positioned in a way to knock them into the item so it's more about that as opposed to you know just moving across a, a checkerboard so um it, it just makes it a little bit different as far as like how you want to position all your characters and they, they do some fun things with like um like one level there is you know it's the it's the the cursed venom and i'm fighting him it's a boss battle and the th he's off screen and he's throwing rocks <laughs> so you they let you know like where he's gonna throw like that next boulder from the building and you can you know knock knock an enemy into that area of effect and um so that they get like they take the damage or you can um one of the things i got was like uh i beat an enemy they had a card on them the card was um wherever spider-man is venom will target and so obviously um didn't attack where it puts spider-man in the middle of all these dudes use that card so then venom's targeting that spot and then move spider-man out of that spot and then venom tosses the boulder in the next turn and takes out all those dudes so there's a lot of strategy yeah it's great there's a lot of strategy it feels very much like um you know like a superhero game which i love it's like the little details like when uh, captain marvel does her big blast attack it does like um you know damage to like everything in its path and you see like the rubble and all that like so it has a great presentation to the action on top of you know the turn-based cardness of the game so it's it's great um really loving it can't wait to do more there's i've heard that there's a lot to this game as far as like just hours that you could put into this game if you really want to unlock everything and you know get 100 friendship with every one of your teammates um and i don't think i want to do that but i am enjoying just exploring the game and trying to do everything that's possible to unlock as many cards and just build out that deck as much as i can but hey duh. it's been about two weeks we got about two weeks of yes. news we took last yes. week off because your boy didn't really feel like talking about you know what, what's going on with sony and, and microsoft and yeah. call of duty and like i really listened to one show and all they talked about was like oh sony's got to give up their third party exclusives uh what is that gonna mean absolutely oh nothing God. is what it's gonna mean yeah so, yeah and and because in the light of that i was just like you know what like let's just take the week off <laughs> let some news build up and then we can come with a stronger episode so that is today's episode so a dub why don't you lead us off with the topic of the week, top topic, uh, topic of, the... of the week, we got some Elden Ring news. Mm. Yes. So we already know that your boy Hidetaka Miyazaki, the people over at From Software, they're working on 
some kind of PvP upgrades or a patch for Elden Ring, but then we got some tweets and it looks like they got something else in the works. So From Software has officially announced Shadow of the Earth Tree, an upcoming DLC expansion for Elden Ring. The developer confirmed that the DLC is in development. No release date has been announced for the time being. And then if you go to the tweets, you'll see that they got some screenshots. Within those screenshots, we got somebody on what looks like Torrent. They got long, flowing blonde hair. And the rumor going around, or at least the speculation among those who are in the know, and that being Elden Ring fans, hardcore ones, they're saying that that's Mikola. So we're probably going to get some DLC content getting into that backstory, perhaps. Uh, I don't know what's going on with all these ethereal tombstones all over the rolling plains. Maybe that has something to do with it. Massive, looks like oozing erg, erg tree in the back. So that could probably be something. A shadow earth tree. I don't know. AMC, you've seen what's going on here, which, you know, isn't much. We just got some screenshots. <laughs> Not even screenshots. It's like artwork. So how do you feel about this? Will it be enough to get you back into Elden Ring and to those those finishing credits? Or is this just going to fly by? Uh, I mean, I, I need more details. It's I'm, I'm happy that they are doing it. This is on pretty much the one-year anniversary of you know the release of the game and we've we've talked about you know all the, the game of the years and the sales and just all the breakthroughs that this game had that the predecessors were you know mar- inching towards but hadn't quite got there um and so yeah we're at this point now where we've had a year with elden ring so yeah it's uh, i think it's time for some newness um but yeah we don't know what that means the last time they put out any bit of new content what it was like the coliseum um so yeah we're just waiting i don't even know if that officially came out yet oh they just announced it (laughs) yeah so um yeah we're just waiting uh to find out more information about what this is gonna you know because that's more of a um i believe that was a multiplayer situation Mm -hmm. whereas this is going to be actual single player uh Mm -hmm. content added in so that is my curiosity because that would be something that i'm more interested in but i i I do want to see what it is like if they're just adding more weapons maybe they'll add a new class maybe uh a new area of the map who knows um uh so yeah that's uh that's just something that we'll just wait to see maybe it's a boss rush <laughs> um so yeah I'm, I'm curious to see exactly um what is going to be in there before i can really you know give any type of like um speculation as far as hype personal hype i mean how about yourself ada where, where are you at with this um with this announcement well this might be the time to get back into Elden Ring, at least once we start seeing some more. But if we're getting single player content, like this is, this will probably be the first Souls like game where I've gotten DLC with the intent to play it at the very least. So I haven't gotten any kind of DLC for the other games. And the only one I beat was Sekiro, and it had some additional content but i don't think anything on the order of like single player dlc so with Elden ring I, i'm gonna pull pull out my sorcerer's selling look-alike and get into this content i'm excited about it looking forward to more news but amc 
let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. week. Um, you know, let's get into some positive, some sales news, some positive sales news. That being PlayStation Five in Japan having its biggest month in February. Um, let's see. So. Uh-huh. Is by way of Video Games Chronicle, PlayStation 5 has enjoyed its biggest ever month in Japan with sales up more than 450% year on year in February. So, according to Famitsu data, PS5 was February's best selling hardware in the country, shifting 366,982 units. Uh, Nintendo Switch came in second with 221,000. 41 units uh this is the first time ps5 has outsold nintendo switch in a calendar month in january in japan and ps5 sales are up so um a little more on this 457 percent year-on-year in japan in february having sold so it sold we'll just say 360,000 units this year last year it sold 65,000 units oh wow <laughs> so, that's probably all of them yeah yeah exactly so um yeah, showing uh sales are up. Ada, what do you think about PlayStation's success in Japan? It, it's interesting because you know Nintendo is taking over, probably still has taken over. But if PlayStation can bounce back, if there's demand for it out there and people are lining up, then I don't know. That might see more Japanese games on the platform. Maybe we'll see another you know, acquisition of a Japanese studio or perhaps uh, a creation of a new Japan studio. I don't know. But it's good news. More people getting the console they want so they can play the games that they enjoy. It's always good news for me, AMC. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess the good thing here is to see that, I mean, depending where you stand, (laughs) good news-wise. But, um, I mean, the pricing power of the playstation of playstation of sony in that like you know we saw what the price increase in japan and i I know like people were up in arms for the people of japan even though like (laughs) they didn't live in japan they're like oh like what is this going to mean for their sales they're taking advantage of the customers but showing that like they're still selling very strong it shows that they're that didn't affect its demand at all um people probably felt like it was still in line with the value of the console and so yeah they're still going out and buying it so that's a that's a good news from that front that you know we're still seeing hardware sales despite having to increase prices to keep up with inflation so that's a that's a good sign and yeah it's uh showing a surge in japan maybe a sign that maybe who knows how nintendo views sales as far as like you know north america sales versus japan but maybe if they start seeing you know the sales of you know playstations going up and the sales of switches you know the momentum starting to finally after what like i think it came out in 2017 so yeah like about like six years after six years of like dominance in japan if they're seeing any type of waning maybe they start efforting now like the idea of like putting out either you know an upgraded console or maybe switch to eventually um so yeah this is um but good sign for sony in their in their home market to you know show that they still can penetrate you know that market without having to have a handheld console which is you know always the thing that they talk about with japan it's like they're they're a mobile economy when it comes to like gaming but showing that people are still getting into their consoles i believe even like xbox is getting back to you know 360 numbers in japan after falling off big time with the xbox one x so um yeah it just shows that um japan is getting back into the console space which is a a good overall sign 
do you think Nintendo releases another Switch style console, or do you think they come back with another radical idea? I feel like they, they they're going to continue with the Switch. It's uh, it's been too too beneficial from their standpoint yeah. as far as like sales, like uh, it's just, like just flying off the shelves, like still to this day. And then just the fact that their games are selling so well from this uh, from this point, um, really, it's like yeah. And whenever people, you know. The people who have any type of criticism about the switch it has to do with just we just want a more powerful switch we don't want a we don't want a new console as far as like we don't want like a, a new traditional console we want a better version of this console to play to play these uh you know these current gen next gen games and so yeah um i feel that's where i that's why i feel like they would probably go that route and not you know you don't want to you don't want to mess with success and end up back at back at the wii u phase of of life <laughs> so uh yeah i think they're gonna ride this out maybe we'll get a switch to after that maybe they see you know the trends changing or they just you know stumble across something in their r&d department and next thing you know we have a switch console that's like jacked into your brain or some shit maybe uh, maybe get a, a switch console dream. call yeah. it the dream the dream yeah <laughs> Yeah, or maybe yeah, you get like a, a Switch console that's like on your watch, and you just like that that new game and watch for the for the new gen. <laughs> um, yeah, they 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 bring it out in some new way, but who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I feel like at least with the next console, it's going to be very much reminiscent of the Switch, and then after that, who knows? Um, they might go in a completely different direction. Um, do you yeah. think we? Do you think we ever see another truly radical idea from Nintendo ever again? Oh, definitely. Because I feel like they're they're that nutty. They're they're very much a they're very much a we do things the way we want to do things and not how you want us to do things. And as long as you know, I'm I'm pumped for this Mario movie that's coming out. So like yes. it's they have they have the cachet as far as their intellectual property as far as the characters. And so as long as they have those characters show up in any type of way, um, they know it's going to sell unless it's the Wii U <laughs> because of that. I feel like it just, it gives them, you know, a little more wiggle room to kind of experiment. And so, yeah, it's like, you know, we got, we got Mario, we got Mario on virtual boy, <laughs> we got Mario on, on a, on a VR headset, who knows? Um, yeah, I, I just feel like that. Yeah, I feel like that's as long as they have those characters and they know that their first party, you know, their their first party titles are going to sell. They're they're going to be more willing to you know try out some new shit because they're not going to. I think they've given up on the idea of trying to compete from a performance perspective when it comes to like you know Sony and Microsoft. That's mm -hmm. just not their bag. Like it's you not just cost effective. Yeah, that's uh, yeah exactly. Like that's always been Nintendo's thing is. How can we get the most bang for our buck without like having to, you know, you know, uh, spend a ton on R and D or on on you know taking a loss on like hard on hardware and also at the same time, you know, just doing our thing. And so yeah, because of that, yeah, I think that they'll always have something new for us. You know, they they put out fucking what was that like that cardboard. <laughs> extension to the switch <laughs> yeah yeah and, and i guess some people got that they got the ring fit so they're, they're playing around with that i mean it's they're always willing to try out some new shit because it's like for nintendo it's all about like it being a lifestyle um and so yeah that's they're always gonna look for how like 
from that from that Apple perspective, um, Apple is always trying to figure out like how can we be more in your lives. I feel like that's what Nintendo is trying to do, and so they're always going to attack it from that perspective. I kind of see now that you point out like all the different controllers and things. I'm I'm starting to see that maybe Nintendo uses the peripherals as their focus group kind of testing mechanisms to see what people like, what they don't, what works, what doesn't, what's possible, what isn't. And then that's when they bring out the new console. Like after a couple of generations, a couple of wacky ideas, and it's like, all right, now try this. It has this built in for this type of experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, Nintendo's done it again. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just always pushing the medium forward. Oh man. So yeah. I don't know. You never know with Nintendo, but the more you, you look to them and the more you study how they get down, it starts to make more sense. At least it does to me, I think. Yeah. Hey, Dub, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Well, you brought it up. I'm going to bring it back down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, we got some good news. And fortunately, we got some bad news. I know I mixed that up, but I had to go with it. I was already committed to the bit. Uh, <laughs> we got Starfield news yes. coming directly from Todd Godbody Howard himself, letting y'all know not only when you can get your hands on Starfield, but he also let it know what it looks like these days. Because within the trailer, you know, it's a lot of cinematic moments in the first half to reveal the release date, which has been scheduled. Excuse me. This is an old article. I believe it's September 6th. So pretty long time, 10 months since the original November 11, 2022 date. However, it looks like all that additional time is paid off. Uh, you see the cinematic elements in the first half of the trailer. In the second half, Todd Howard's you know, giving you the business. In, in the meantime, people in his office are playing Starfield on a big-ass TV behind him. So you can see the game and where it hopefully currently is because what I saw looked significantly more polished and complete than what they showed off in June. So it looks like the time paid off. It looks like the Xbox engineers were very, very useful in this situation. So I'm glad to see it. I it's bittersweet with the September 6th release date because while I'll have to wait another six months before I can finally play like one of the only games that I got these consoles in order for me to play. But it gives me three full months to play Diablo 4. So <laughs> I'm very I'm very pleased about that. I'll probably be able to take a few classes up. Get some set items, figure out some tricks, get the AFC up on the co-op. But yeah, so how do you feel about this information, AMC? Um, so as somebody who doesn't own an Xbox, don't really care about it from that perspective. Like I didn't like I wasn't like, oh man, that's why why uh, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you promised. Um, yeah, I didn't really care about that. I'm just happy that we now have a date. Um again, but we have a date. We had kind of a window. So people just assumed, yeah, it's got to come out within like the first half of the year, <laughs> and uh, like, but you know, we're we're now in March and we hadn't heard anything, and so people were like, well, it's it's, it's incoming, 
<laughs> this is yeah. like, I don't know, like you guys got to start managing your expectations at this point. Um, and because the whole thing was about like, look, we're not going to get a release date until we figure out when the showcase is going to happen. And so it happened to be that they did that. They announced both at the same time, which makes total sense. Showcase in June and then game in September. And so now we can look forward to that. We can get get past all that. We don't have to do any more of the speculating. And yeah, I'm I'm happy. What I'm mainly happy is that well, a couple of things to point out here. One, you know, this isn't this wasn't this is uh this is first form God Howard that we saw. He was in a he was in a hoodie <laughs> t shirt. Uh, yeah. no, no 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 leather jacket. Like yeah, he was, he was final form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's he's in work mode at this time, so yeah, he was. Uh, but I'm happy that they didn't just show us the cinematic. I, I'm happy that we got to see that little bit of gameplay in the background because, as you said, it looked it looked really good. It looked smooth. Um, had a lot more polish than compared to you know the the Bethesda games of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, obviously, that's probably like a dev like dev kit or whatever. So that's it's probably running on the best possible version but i'm I'm imagining we'll get a we'll get a modicum of that at least um by the time we get the showcase and it'll be running nice and smooth um on the series x and um yeah (laughs) and uh (laughs) not gonna mention the little man but hopefully they got the the little man (laughs) yeah hopefully they got the little man you know ready ready for big time by the time this game drops but yeah it'll be ready for the series x we know that 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 damn much and uh, it looked good. I, I was enjoying the little bit of action we saw. The um, we saw a little bit of like them going through like loot, grabbing some shit. We saw a yes. monster coming at him, backpedaling and shooting at him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it looked it looked good. Like the strafe, the, the the running and all that stuff. It just had a smoothness to it. I liked how the world looked in the background. So like that in itself was enough for me just to see that little bit of um gameplay in the background as your boy was laying out the information um definitely stacks up this fall that's gonna be interesting to see because we know spider-man's supposed to be coming this mm-hmm. fall um so i'm assuming sony will have uh you know they'll have their big show uh state of play showcase soon and we'll get we'll eventually get a release date for spider-man um Baldur's Gate 3 comes out the week before. Yeah, Baldur's Gate. We still don't know when Forza is coming out. So yeah, there's 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 a lot still coming. And um yeah, I'm not, there's there's rumors about you know Suicide Squad and when that yeah. will come out. Um yeah, because when I looked that up, Armor I was like, oh, core might be coming out around that time. Yeah, exactly. So I almost feel like it's one of those things like as more and more games start to line up, we're gonna start to one see also. Other games shift around, possibly games get pushed back. And yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know, almost starting to feel like this is like kind of like people needed to enjoy what we had. Cause I know everybody was upset about last year <laughs> and like, <laughs> and like the, you know, the releases or, or the, the lack of releases. But what I will say is there's definitely a period where we were talking, we we're just like, yeah, it's kind of nice. Like a lot of the games that are coming out, like, they're 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 coming out running smoothly yada 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 and 
I think we're going to hit this point now where as we get more and more into, you know, the current gen slash next gen um, and games definitely and start becoming exclusive. I wouldn't be surprised if like we now start getting games with a little bit more hitches because now they're really trying to push these consoles to, you know, their boundaries as opposed to, you know, limit them with the uh, old hardware. And because of that, I feel like, um, you know, we're going to start to get more one delays, but two like, It'll be interesting to see how games launch day one <laughs> with like the yes. day one patches and everything. So that's one of those things that like I always want to tell people like when they're complaining, also don't overlook the good that you have. And that was like, you know, quality games that run well at at launch. Um, and so, yeah, um, not surprised by this delay. As I said, we're in March. And so, yeah, it is what it is. But um I just want this game to come out and I want it to run smoothly. So you just delay that game as much as you need, because I feel like that's the most important thing when it comes to not only Microsoft, but Bethesda is getting a game that isn't going to fall under the, uh, you know, the bug things to the like, yeah. memes. Well, they're going to put that on it anyway. Yeah. They'll find like one. They're hitch already and like, doing there it. it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that you, you know, somebody's racing to be the first person to find that first thing. Yeah, they're gonna try to break the shit out of that game just so they can they can take shots at Todd Howard. Yeah. But um yeah, so yeah, for me, yeah, I'm not upset at all about this. Um totally don't mind it coming out in September. It doesn't um doesn't affect me from a console war standpoint, like oh now now they got one up on you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's um all they need is the game to come out and be good because I want Bethesda to have that i want them to get the stink of 76 off of them and um yeah i want them to show up strong for for this like next gen likewise because oh man it's it's so rough i have so many choices to make just <laughs> i want i want Baldur's gate 3 and starfield and on record <laughs> <laughs> and probably spider-man 2 depending on what they show it's just like it's just not What's the, I have uh, to. Is, I have is, to get Starfield. I was gonna say, is is Spider Man probably at the at the bottom of the totem pole as far it's, as like yeah, I of those games? Find something else to bump it even lower down. Like it's it's not a priority, but yeah, it's still up in the air on exactly how it's gonna be. Like, is it just gonna be like the last two, or is it going to be something that takes it all to the next level? So, depending on which way that pendulum sways you know i'm still day one on starfield so i guess that means i gotta just let Baldur's gate come out and be out for a week (laughs) (laughs) i know you like that hopefully diablo will just be kicking ass like to the point where you it it won't be that that hard to hold um i'm sure it will i'll probably be damn (laughs) three months what can I do through? I'll probably be through most of the characters by then. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to be playing the hell out of it, which I intend to do. Yeah. But I think three months, if I can't get through all the character classes, I can get through most of them. Mm-hmm. Just like really dig into the guts of the end game and that, that paragon. <laughs> yes. But very excited for Starfield, September 6th, day one, A dub, been waiting his whole life for it. This is this is my moment. <laughs> very excited. Some other people are very excited at all. In fact, 
they're doubtful. They they have they have concerns. They have issues. They have preconceived notions. They got opinions. We got trouble of the week. 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 Yes. So first, Charles says. Heads should start rolling at Xbox now. No leadership. Certainly no games of note from first-party studios. Promises unkept. What a sad joke. And I freaking have an Xbox. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you lied shit. to me. So what would you have preferred in this scenario? That what we saw in June was what we got in November and then you're complaining because I uh, needed some more time in the oven. Uh, Buck, that's the strikes again, never again. Todd lies. <laughs> like, like, is that what you want, or do you want a game that already, in whatever footage they showed with the release date trailer, looks noticeably improved, noticeably more complete, noticeably smoother? Like, it's it. They made good use of the time, so they weren't just fixing bugs and you know, it's in development hell. It's like, no, they obviously put that time to good use and they're going to put a stronger product out on September 6th than they would have put out back in November. So, you know, let's be a little appreciative. Next show says, delays, 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 or no games, no games, no games. Only the next box must be frustrated. Uh. I mean, there's stuff on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is stuff on Xbox. I mean, you got, you got your Game Pass, you got games with gold. I think of Lamentum and Truber, Truberwood, Truberbrook, something like that. Those are games with gold. Those look pretty interesting to me. I looked up Lamentum, thinking about it. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. It, I, I understand people's concern with Xbox. But they told you the games are going to start coming out this year. It looks like the games are coming out this year. And it looks like the time that they put in them is paid off. I would very much prefer that they just delay whatever they need to delay and get it right when it comes to day one, rather than just putting stuff out just to get it out when they thought they initially would, which would only hurt that IP, hurt consumers because they're not getting the best product they can. And it would hurt the Xbox brand, which they're spending gobs of money on to improve. So you'd think they want to make the money back. Uh, yeah, man. Delays, delays, delays. I'll take it. No games, no games, no games. Nah, that, that's debatable. I have some Xbox games. I enjoy them. I'm going to get more this year. Next troll says, it's going to be a bucky mess. I know better than buying an overambitious game full price to launch. I, I always wonder when people say this, like, never buy it at launch. It's, I understand if you're the kind of person that wants to wait out a few patches, get some improvements, get some stability, maybe get some improved visuals, get some bug fixes, get some quest bug fixes so you don't get that game breaker. But I, I never understood the whole never, never buy a game full price at launch. It's like some of us want to play it and don't really care about the state that it's in unless it's just absolutely abysmal at which point i'll just wait until it's not absolutely abysmal but 
it by all means, this is probably going to be the least buggy, most technically sound game they've put out so far. They've gotten noticeably better with that ever since. As, as far back as Oblivion, like Oblivion was quite the best. Still enjoyable. But I got to a point where I was running so fast in Oblivion that the game couldn't render land in front of me fast enough. So like every few steps, it'd be like buffering, buffering. <laughs> it's just waiting for the world to load. And yeah, man. Get the fall three. That got a little little dicey in the later hours. Uh, that problem persisted in New Vegas. You get to Skyrim. Suddenly the problems are totally severe, especially after they put out a couple big patches for it that got it under control. And then fall for it. Least buggy, most technically sound game that they've put out so far. So Starfield, I'm sure, will carry that torch. Next troll says, I don't know what people see in this game. All I see is No Man's Sky 2.0 and no doubt going by Bethesda's track record will be full of bugs and glitches. <laughs> Todd Howard is also nothing but a modern day Peter Molyneux with his constant BS. Wow, a lot there. <laughs> Personally, I would love a No Man's Sky 2.0, but I think we're on 4.0 right now. And 4.0 is pretty dope. But yeah, it, insofar as that remark, no Man's Sky, but with Bethesda combat and, and items and economy and characters and, and dynamism <laughs> and third-person camera and inventory and all the stuff that makes Bethesda games great, yeah, sign me up. I love sci-fi games. doesn't matter who makes them. doesn't matter what other people think about them. If it's sci-fi and it appeals to me, I'm coming for it. I'm neck deep in Mass Effect playing that trilogy all over again. Of course, those great games. Put in over 100 hours, possibly, with No Man's Sky. I'm in another galaxy. <laughs> I'm all over the place, going back to play The Surge at some point. Love sci-fi so much. So, Todd, nothing but a modern-day Peter. Well, Todd's still making better and better games. I don't know what happened to Peter. Is Peter still in games? Do you know? I have no idea. I... Peter Molyneux was ambitious. Todd Howard is far more practical than Peter Molyneux. And Todd's getting it done. So let's just look at the results. Let's just look at the games. You want to talk about constant BS. Todd Howard putting out hits. <laughs> you posted on a message board. Last troll. Xbox is making sure this game doesn't release like every other book. That's the game. LOL. <laughs> It's just never going to escape the bug tested, no matter how much more they improve. Yeah, Xbox, I don't know who made the call. All I know is they apparently got Xbox engineers on the project, and it looks noticeably better. That was the one thing I was looking for in order to see if the delay was meaningful and if having Xbox engineers on it actually meant more than just, yeah, we're having some people out. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I think people are going to get taken by surprise. With Starfield, I think, especially once you start exploring it and like, oh, a thousand planes, let's go to the first generic planet, uh, palette swap. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I imagine that those planets, like, they're going to give you some things that you're going to remember. And I'm just looking forward to that. But that's the gameplay, having a spaceship, going to planets, Doing quests, eating NPCs, interacting with the environment, 
watching things roll and fall around, seeing what glitches or bugs might be in there. Uh, who knows? Might have a pristine experience this time. But Sci-Fi Nut, Starfield is the kind of game that I've been waiting for. AMC, have you also been in suspense for something like Starfield? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, because I'm when as I had mentioned, like, I don't know, years ago, when I played Skyrim on my PS3, I couldn't swim in the game without it breaking. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, I, if I went underwater... As soon as you hit the water. Yeah, right, as soon as I hit the water, the game would just freeze up, and then I'd have to restart from whatever save. And so I got I to the point where I had to, I, I had to use that shout that, like, where it would kind of, like, push you forward, like a dash, and I would use that to get across, like, short bodies of water. <laughs> or, like, there's even one where I was, like, almost like they were, like, I think it was like ice or something on the water. And so I was using that dash from ice to ice as I went across to get to the other side. So I made I made it work and I still absolutely love Skyrim. So yeah, I mean, if the game is a buggy mess, I mean, if the game has bugs, it still wouldn't affect how much I would enjoy the game. I mean, I played Elden Ring and people were like, oh, that game is a buggy mess. And if you were to ask me, like, I'm sure I came across things. And that were like, oh, that was a, a pop-in or that was a weird AI. But like I honestly couldn't tell you like any any instance where that showed up, where the performance showed up, a dip or a weird thing occurred or a glitch in Elden Ring. It was just a fun, great game for me to play. But you know, there are people out there that are like, oh, this game is a buggy mess. How could it get game of the year? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So that's um that just shows or it's like some people are all about that, you know, that that digital foundry like oh what's what's the performance what's the uh, what are the numbers and, and, and yeah. it's not a steady 60 frames yeah yeah whereas like then there's everybody else is just like i'm trying to find a fun game to play and i will enjoy it with with flaws intact and i'll still as long as the game overcomes the flaws that's all that matters to me um yeah i fall more into that camp um yeah as far as like xbox and yada yada i mean they that's why they have these these third-party deals on game pass so you're playing atomic hearts day one uh you you have you're playing wulong right now also you, you also got um what's it called yeah you, you got hi-fi rush mm -hmm. shadow dropped people mm -hmm. love that game so i mean it's even if they don't have you know all the first party games come in like you know just steadily coming out throughout the year that's why they they set up these third party day one deals so that you have you have something else to play and it's also kind of like you know a false not a false argument because obviously you're paying for the game uh you being a dub mm -hmm. but so many so many people are going to be getting this game through game pass so yeah. the idea that people are like oh i'm not playing it i'm not going to pay for it day one it's like well if you had game pass you weren't going to pay for it anyways yeah. um so yeah it's um it's like it's one of those things like it's people are, are are saying what they can to like you know try to like downplay their their hype for it but the realist the, the facts of the situation are is that it's going to get into enough people's hands just by the fact that it's on game pass and maybe like the thing I've always said about Game Pass, like you could argue like, well, if people aren't paying for it, then they're not, you know, they don't have the same appreciation. But 
also I look at it is that people put so much emphasis on value and it's like I put down my 70 or 60 bucks mm-hmm. and I expect it to be this pristine 10 out of 10 experience every time if I'm going to be paying my hardcore cat hardcore my, my hardcore cash my hardcore cash <laughs> <laughs> my hard-earned cash on these games and so with Game Pass it lowers that barrier to entry and so I feel like it's like it's one of those things like even with Atomic Hearts like um like I heard people give their personal reviews, but then they're like, the beauty of it is that it's on Game Pass. So even if like I have my critiques of the game, you, you should still go out and give it a try because you don't have to drop 60 bucks to go out and give it a try and get your own opinion on the game as opposed to going by like, you know, IGN's review and then shitting on a reviewer because you didn't agree with something that you haven't played with yet. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's the good thing about like Game Pass is it gets the games in the people's hands. So whether or not like, you agree with the review, you still get to have your own experience and not just say you had an experience in a review bomb a game. Um, so yeah, it's um I think it'll be fine. Microsoft will be fine. If this game comes out and does well, that's all people will care about. But yeah, it's um it is it is an L from the sense that like people were expecting it to come out early this year. But now that you know now that it's set in stone, you gotta move on with your life. And now you start reworking your your fall plans based around Starfield coming out around September. Yes. So yeah, it's um it's it's definitely stacking up. This 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 year is gonna be bottom heavy for sure. And there's gonna be so many games coming out that it's gonna be insane. Yes, I like my years, Ruben-esque. Yes. <laughs> it is it, it's funny because I think more people than ever are going to try <laughs> Starfield. And then I'm just anticipating a bunch of posts on my life. Well, I played for five minutes, uninstalled it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's the yeah, that's the thing. I installed it. That was Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Week, 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 week. Yeah. I'm super hyped for Starfield, especially after that new footage I saw. So nobody's bringing it down. There's no way that game's not going to deliver for me. And at least the and at least the basic ways I'm looking for. It's still a Bethesda RPG. It's science fiction. It's got the third-person camera. Of course, it's going to be the best-looking game that they've put out so far because it's the newest. There's planets to explore. Like, what more could you ask for as just a, a sci-fi person? Like, I'm super pumped. All right. Um, got any more topics of the week? Not Top- really. Topic. I mean, <laughs> topics of the week. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. We can quickly discuss that Nacon showcase that we just had me check out. Um, yes. the, only, the only one that I, like, you know, the, the big one was uh, seeing gameplay of RoboCop. Yes. <laughs> You you could sense the tone at first when I saw it was first person. I'm like, I'm playing Robocop and I'm, I can't even see my Robocop. But then that once that action kicked in, he brought out that pistol, that that semi-auto burst fire pistol. Um yeah, that was uh I, I enjoyed seeing that first person action. And I mean you had mentioned some things, I'll let you discuss on that if they if they really you know, take advantage of the world and how they could really get into the Robocopness of the world. But just from, you know, just from an action standpoint, seeing the, was it the Uzi and the gun yeah. and just the um, lighten up, lighten up the room. Um, it, it looked clean. It looked crisp. And 
the biggest thing of all is it felt like RoboCop, like based on the movement, the voice, the weapons, um, the, you know, the world um, just being, that you know, basic very, ass interface. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 that super basic interface. And yeah, that's like, and, you know, the more I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's like, I guess it's like you could see RoboCop and be RoboCop from, you know, that third person perspective that you can expect from every game right now. Or you can kind of really like put you in like, you know, the shoes of, for lack of a better term, of RoboCop and like, you know, see the grid and everything that like that would be going on on the screen and that like that basic ass like digital font <laughs> that like uh you know that harkens back to like the 80s like sci-fi movies yes. um and so yeah it was uh it was cool i like that i like the action that i did see i've been you know i've been i've been getting down with some first person action lately and it hasn't been bad I've, if anything has been good and so um I, I had my my doubts initially and then i was actually enjoying the gameplay would tell me what um what you what you were bringing up with like the open world and how how they could really like flesh it out and what was yeah. what were your thoughts on it so for all accounts it looks like the game is open world you're you're murphy you're robocop driving around <laughs> you go into locations it looks like you're investigating crimes so it would be very beneficial to the game if it's built around the the mythos if you will of robocop just being that mechanized future police officer that just solves crimes all day doesn't eat doesn't sleep well he needs to sleep but you know what i mean he gets that yogurt <laughs> get that get that baby food yeah. <laughs> but yeah it, it would be dope if you're just straight up RoboCop working a desk job and then shit falls apart and then you're on the run and then you pitch a landing working <laughs> and then you get welcomed back into the into the fold and you get you get the jet back. <laughs> no. Yeah. It would be crazy if you got the jet back. But I'm not looking for, you know, crazy Robocop movie references and tie-ins when it comes to this game. I would very much like for it to stand on its own as a Robocop simulator. So like, yeah, you're you're knocking on doors. You're you're serving warrants. People are talking shit. You're busting the door down. You're doing your RoboCop thing. So they got that aspect correct. You even give them parking tickets. So I I hope like the challenges and the unlockables and things that are in the game are tied to RoboCop doing actual police work. I think that would be really cool. It's like you know give give a hundred tickets, unlock hollow point rounds, things <laughs> like that. Like, yeah, maybe maybe your performance gets you commendations and, I don't know, rank points or whatever so that you can use them with the requisition officer and unlock different shit. But whatever, these are just ideas. It's not like I'm making the game. We'll see what it is. I'm excited for whatever's taking shape. There's already a good skeleton there, so if they can just flesh it out enough and make the experience feel as authentic to RoboCop as humanly possible, they might have a surprise hit. And speaking of surprise hits, uh, a game that I was looking at that looked amazing, especially knowing that it's coming from the developers of Curse of the Dead Gods, was Raven's Watch. So if you're familiar with Curse of the Dead Gods, you'll immediately recognize the art style and the combat system. However, what you'll notice is that the game is different in many ways. Uh, for one, it seems to be, it's still that isometric camera angle, but it seems less about navigating, what is it, 
tombs and crypts, you know, with branching pathways and more about exploring what looks like a, like a seamless world. So you're playing one of currently six kind of, you know, the, the storybook legend characters, Little Red Riding Hood and, I forget all the other ones they show up, like the Ice Queen and, and Beowulf. So you have these kind of characters. Red Riding Hood turns into a wolf at night, and Beowulf has a, a worm that boosts his attacks. So they all have some unique thing. I think right now the max level for characters is five. That's when you unlock their ultimate move. And then from there, you continue to gather experience that lets you upgrade and modify their moveset so you can tailor it towards your play style or at least toward the style that's going to deliver the most bang for your buck. As you're trying to navigate through this world, it has online co-op with up to four other uh, four other players, well, three other players, a total of four. Uh, I'm very interested in this. I'm going to be watching it. It's, I believe it's gonna be an early access at some point and they're going to be adding characters during that time so yeah i'm looking forward to this i don't care how reviews i love curse of the dead gods this looks like a diablo clone within that same development family so that's two things that i can really go for amc how did you feel about ravens watch yeah it looked cool um it looked like it was you know, like Curse of Dead Gods looked fun. I didn't, I obviously didn't play it, but it definitely resonated with people because I mean, we saw content from Curse of Dead Gods in Dead Cells, um, and it did well enough for them to clearly put out a sequel or not a sequel, but put out another game. Um, and so, and this one looks like they, they've taken it to another level by adding, you know, more care, adding characters and multiplayer, yada, 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 on top of that, and like, you know, different character traits with each of the characters so um it seems like they're you know still growing as one as a developer but then growing their games and you know taking them adding new and new content and, and new mechanics and you know new factors to the game and through that like it, it just shows that you know there's something there they see something there and they saw something there with Chris and Dead Gods, and they're like, "All right, let's now take this our next game to the next level." And um, it seems to have all that going for it. It looked like a, a more appealing game, personally, for me to play than Chris and Dead Gods, even though Chris and Dead Gods didn't look bad. It's just there's something about it. Like when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, it looks cool," but not a game that I necessarily need to play. This one looks like something that like I totally get down on, especially knowing that I could hop on with a dub. We could be running our our shit together at the same time. Playing um, that Ice Queen name, ready? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it just it had a lot going for it and still had like a similar feel as far as like maybe like the um the motions and of like the characters that you would have seen in like Curse of the Dead Gods. Mm -hmm. So um there's still there's something going on there, an aesthetic that um that they have and yeah, I love it. And yeah, I can't wait to hear more about this game. But yeah, that was definitely one of the for uh you know, a showcase where there are a lot of games where I was like, ah, I could give or take. Like th that, this is definitely one of the other highlights outside of uh, RoboCop. Hell yeah! Anything else that you want to discuss from this, or is that is that all you had for that showcase? I'm all out, my good man. How yeah. about yourself? Yeah, I'm all out. Do you have anything? Any any quick hits? Are we done? Uh, PS5 firmware 7.0 is out. 
Mm. Added, added some features that people are interested in. I believe the most notable being that if you like, if you have the disc version of a game and you buy it digitally, you can you can just play it with the version that you have installed. You won't have to download the digital version. And I think that also works vice versa. Where if you have like the digital version of the game, put a physical in, it won't reinstall the game or anything like that. So. People are excited about that. Like, oh, wait, 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 repeat that again. Uh, basically, whatever version of a game you have installed on your console, if you buy a different format of it, it'll just use the game that you already have installed. It won't install another game. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Or something like that. I'm sure smarter and more intelligible people can clarify for us. You can go to my control issues. That's the handle on Twitter and let us know if we got it right. Yeah, because I'm going to say, I wonder if that's like the issue that you ran into with control with, uh, you're like, oh, yeah. well, we already <laughs> bought it, so we can't, we can't accept any other version of the game. <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> makes no sense. It's ridiculous, but whatever. Yeah. I got it. I got it for less than 10 bucks. I won. I died on my hill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I, I beat the game again, and I got a little ways into the DLC before I went to go play some other stuff. So, yeah, got to experience control in the the performance category that demonstrates it best. People are sleeping. Control 2 is going to be a monster hit. Y'all need to get on the bandwagon or get off. <laughs> All right. You got anything else, Adam? That's it. All right. Well, this is Control Issues. I am Sucker. Control issues! <laughs>